0: Chapter 14 of More New Arabian Nights the Dynamiter by Robert Louis Stevenson and Fanny Vandegrift Stevenson This LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by Don W Jenkins Chapter 14 Epilogue of the Cigar Devon On a certain day of lashing rain in the December of last year and between the hours of 9 and 10 in the morning mr edward challoner pioneered himself under an umbrella to the door of the cigar divan in rupert street it was a place he had visited but once before the memory of what had followed on that visit and the fear of somerset having prevented his return even now he looked in before he entered but the shop was free of customers the young man behind the counter was so intently writing in a penny version book that he paid no heed to challoner's arrival on a second glance it seemed to the latter that he recognized him by jove he thought unquestionably somerset and though this was the very man he had been so sedulously careful to avoid his unexplained position at the receipt of custom changed distaste to curiosity more opulent rotunda strike the sky said the shopman to himself in the tone of one considering a verse i suppose it would be too much to say orotunda but yet how noble it were or opulent orotunda strike the sky but that is the bitterness of arts you see a good effect and some nonsense about sense continuously intervenes somerset my dear fellow said challoner is this a masquerade what challoner cried the shopman i am delighted to see you one moment till i finish the octave of my sonnet only the octave and with a friendly waggle of the hand he once more buried himself in the commerce of the muses i say he said presently looking up you seem in wonderful preservation how about the hundred pounds i have made a small inheritance from our great aunt in wales replied challoner modestly ah said somerset i very much doubt the legitimacy of inheritance the state in my view should collar it i am now going through a stage of socialism and poetry he added apologetically as one who spoke of a course of medicinal waters and are you really the person of the establishment required challoner deftly evading the word shop a vendor sir a vendor returned the other pocketing his poesy i help old happy and glorious can i offer you a weed well i scarcely like began challoner nonsense my dear fellow cried the shopman we are very proud of the business and the old man let me inform you besides being the most egregious of created beings from the point of view of ethics is literally sprung from the loins of kings de godal je suis le fervent there is only one godal he added as challoner lit his cigar how did you get on with the detective trade i did not try said challoner curtly oh well i did returned somerset and made the most incomparable mess of it lost all my money and fairly covered myself with odium and ridicule there is more in that business challoner than meets the eye there is more in fact in all businesses you must believe in them or get up the belief that you believe hence he added the recognized inferiority of the plumber for no one could believe in plumbing apropos asked challoner do you still paint not now replied paul but i think of taking up the violin challoner's eye which had been somewhat restless since the trade of the detective had been named now rested for a moment on the columns of the morning paper where it lay spread upon the counter by jove he cried it's odd what is odd asked paul oh nothing returned the other only i once met a person called maguire so did i cried somerset is there anything about him challoner read as follows mysterious death in stepney an inquest was held yesterday on the body of patrick maguire described as a carpenter dr dovering stated that he had for some time treated the deceased as a dispensary patient for sleeplessness loss of appetite and nervous depression there was no cause of death to be found he would say the deceased had sunk deceased was not a temperate man which doubtless accelerated death deceased complained of dumb ague but witness had never been able to detect any positive disease he did not know that he had any family he regarded him as a person of unsound intellect who believed himself a member and the victim of some secret society if he were to hazard an opinion he would say deceased had died of fear and the doctor would be right cried somerset and my dear challoner i am so relieved to hear of his demise that i will-well after all he added poor devil he was well served the door at this moment opened and desborough appeared upon the threshold he was wrapped in a long waterproof imperfectly supplied with buttons his boots were full of water his hat greasy with service and yet he wore the air of one exceedingly well content with life HE WAS HAILED BY THE TWO OTHERS WITH EXCLAMATIONS OF SURPRISE AND WELCOME. AND DID YOU TRY THE DETECTIVE BUSINESS? Inquired PAUL. NO, RETURNED HARRY. OH, OH, YES, BY THE WAY, I DID, THOUGH, TWICE, AND GOT CAUGHT OUT BOTH TIMES. BUT I THOUGHT I SHOULD FIND MY, MY WIFE HERE, HE ADDED WITH A KIND OF PROUD CONFUSION. WHAT? YOU ARE MARRIED? CRIED Somerset. OH, YES, SAID HARRY. QUITE A LONG TIME, A a MONTH AT LEAST money asked challoner that's the worst of it desborough admitted we are deadly hard up but the pre mr godal is going to do something for us that is what brings us here who was mrs desborough said challoner in the tone of a man of society she was a miss luxmore returned harry you fellows will be sure to like her for she is much cleverer than i she tells wonderful stories too better than a book and just then the door opened and mrs desborough entered somerset cried out aloud to recognize the young lady of the superfluous mansion and challoner fell back a step and dropped his cigar as he beheld the sorceress of chelsea what cried harry do you both know my wife i believe i have seen her said somerset a little wildly i think i have met the gentleman said mrs desborough sweetly but i cannot imagine where it was oh no cried somerset fervently i have no notion i cannot conceive where it could have been indeed he continued growing in emphasis i think it highly probable that it's a mistake and you challoner asked harry you seem to recognise her too these are both friends of yours harry said the lady delighted i am sure i do not remember to have met mr challoner challoner was very red in the face perhaps from having groped after his cigar i do not remember to have had the pleasure he responded huskily well and mr Godall asked mrs desborough are you the lady that has an appointment with old began somerset and paused blushing because if so he resumed i was to announce you at once and the shopman raised a curtain opened a door and passed into a small pavilion which had been added to the back of the house on the roof the rain resounded musically THE WALLS WERE LINED WITH MAPS AND PRINTS AND A FEW WORKS OF REFERENCE. UPON A TABLE WAS A LARGE-SCALE MAP OF EGYPT AND THE SUDAN, AND ANOTHER OF TONKIN, ON WHICH, BY THE AID OF COLORED PINS, THE PROGRESS OF THE DIFFERENT WARS WAS BEING FOLLOWED DAY BY DAY. A LIGHT, REFRESHING ODOR OF THE MOST DELICATE TOBACCO HUNG UPON THE AIR, AND A FIRE, NOT OF FOUL COAL, BUT OF CLEAR, FLAMING, resinous BILLETS, CHATTERED UPON SILVER DOGS in this elegant and plain apartment mr Godall sat in a morning muse, placidly gazing at the fire and hearkening to the rain on the roof ha ah, my dear somerset said he and have you since last night adopted any fresh political principle the lady sir said somerset with another blush you have seen her i believe returned mr Godall, and on somerset's replying in the affirmative you will excuse me my dear sir he resumed if i offer you a hint i think it not improbable this lady may desire entirely to forget the past from one gentleman to another no more words are necessary a moment later he had received mrs desborough with the grave and touching urbanity that so well became him i am pleased madam to welcome you to my poor house he said and shall still be more so if what were else a barren courtesy and a pleasure personal to myself shall prove to be of serious benefit to you and mr desborough your highness replied clara i must begin with thanks it is like what i have heard of you that you should thus take up the case of the unfortunate and as for my harry he is worthy of all that you can do she paused but for yourself suggested mr godal it was thus you were about to continue i believe you take the words out of my mouth she said for myself it is different i am not here to be a judge of men replied the prince still less of women I am now a private person like yourself and many million others but i am one who still fights upon the side of quiet now madam you know better than i and god better than you what you have done to mankind in the past i pause not to inquire it is with the future i concern myself it is for the future i demand security i would not willingly put arms into the hands of a disloyal combatant and i dare not restore to wealth one of the leviers of a private and barbarous war i speak with some severity and yet i pick my terms i tell myself continually that you are a woman and a voice continually reminds me of the children whose lives and limbs you have endangered a woman he repeated solemnly and children possibly madam when you are yourself a mother you will feel the bite of that antithesis possibly when you kneel at night beside a cradle a fear will fall upon you heavier than any shame and when your child lies in the pain and danger of disease you shall hesitate to kneel before your maker you look at the fault she said and not at the excuse has your own heart never leaped within you at some story of oppression but alas no for you were born upon a throne i was born of woman said the prince i came forth from my mother's agony helpless as a wren like other nurslings this which you forgot i have still faithfully remembered is it not one of your english poets that looked abroad upon the earth and saw vast circumvallations innumerable troops manoeuvring warships at sea in a great dust of battles on shore and casting anxiously about for what should be the cause of so many and painful preparations spied at last in the centre of all a mother and her babe these madam are my politics and the verses which are by mr coventry Patmore, i have cause to be translated into the bohemian tongue yes these are my politics to change what we can to better what we can but still to bear in mind that man is but a devil weakly fettered by some generous beliefs and impositions and for no word however nobly sounding and no cause however just and pious to relax the stricture of these bonds there was a silence of a moment i fear madam resumed the prince that i but weary you my views are formal like myself and like myself they also begin to grow old but i must still trouble you for some reply i can say but one thing said mrs desborough i love my husband it is a good answer returned the prince and you name a good influence but one that need not be conterminous with life i will not play at pride with such a man as you she answered what do you ask of me not protestations i am sure what shall i say I have done much more that I cannot defend and that I would not do again. Can I say more? Yes, I can say this. I never abused myself with the muddle-headed fairy tales of politics. I was at least prepared to meet reprisals. While I was levying war myself, or levying murder, if you choose the plainer term, I never accused my adversaries of assassination. I never felt or feigned a righteous horror when a price was put upon my life by those whom I attacked i never called the policeman a hireling i may have been a criminal in short but i never was a fool enough madam returned the prince more than enough your words are most reviving to my spirits for in this age when even the assassin is a sentimentalist there is no virtue greater in my eyes than intellectual clarity suffer me then to ask you to retire for by the signal of that bell i perceive my old friend your mother to be close at hand with her i promise you to do my utmost and as mrs desborough returned to the divan the prince opening a door upon the other side admitted mrs luxmore madam and my very good friend said he is my face so much changed that you no longer recognise prince florizel and mr Goddard? to be sure she cried looking at him through her glasses i have always regarded your highness as a perfect man and in your altered circumstances of which i have already heard with deep regret i will beg you to consider my respect increased instead of lessened i have found it so returned the prince with every class of my acquaintance but madam i pray you to be seated my business is of a delicate order and regards your daughter in that case said mrs luxmore you may save yourself the trouble of speaking for i have fully made up my mind to have nothing to do with her i will not hear one word in her defence but as I value nothing so particularly as the virtue of justice, I think it my duty to explain to you the grounds of my complaint. She deserted me, her natural protector, for years. She has consorted with the most disreputable persons, and to fill the cup of her offence she has recently married. I refuse to see her, or the being to whom she has linked herself. One hundred and twenty pounds a year I have always offered her. I offer it again. It is what I had myself when I was her age." very well madam said the prince and be that so but to touch upon another matter what was the income of the reverend bernard fanshaw my father asked the spirited old lady i believe he had seven hundred pounds in the year you were one i think of several pursued the prince of four was the reply we were four daughters and painful as the admission is to make a more detestable family could scarce be found in england dear me said the prince and you madam have an income of eight thousand not more than five returned the old lady but where on earth are you conducting me to an allowance of one thousand pounds a year replied florizel smiling for i must not suffer you to take your father for a rule he was poor you are rich he had many calls upon his poverty there are none upon your wealth and indeed madam if you will let me touch this matter with a needle there is but one point in common to your two possessions that each had a daughter more remarkable for liveliness than duty i have been entrapped into this house said the old lady getting to her feet but it shall not avail not all the tobacconists in europe ah madam interrupted florizel before what is referred to as my fall you had not used such language and since you so much object to the simple industry by which i live let me give you a friendly hint if you will not consent to support your daughter i shall be constrained to place that lady behind my counter where i doubt not she would prove a great attraction and your son-in-law shall have a livery and run the errands with such young blood my business might be doubled and i might be bound in common gratitude to place the name of luxmore beside that of godal your highness said the old lady i have been very rude and you are very cunning i suppose the minx is on the premises her." let us rather observe them unperceived said the prince and so saying he rose and quietly drew back the curtain mrs desborough sat with her back to them in a chair somerset and harry were hanging on her words with extraordinary interest challoner alleging some affair had long ago withdrawn from the detested neighbourhood of the enchantress at that moment mrs desborough was saying mr gladstone detected the features of his cowardly assailant a cry rose to his lips a cry of mingled triumph that is mr somerset interrupted the spirited old lady in the highest note of her register mr somerset what have you done with my house property madam said the prince let it be mine to give the explanation and in the meanwhile welcome your daughter well clara how do you do said mrs luxmore it appears i am to give you an allowance so much the better for you as for mr somerset I am very ready to have an explanation for the whole affair though costly was eminently humorous and at any rate she added nodding to paul he is a young gentleman for whom i have a great affection and his pictures were the funniest i ever saw i have ordered a collation said the prince mr somerset as these are all your friends i propose if you please that you should join them at table i will take the shop end of chapter fourteen End of More New Arabian Nights The Dynamiter by Robert Louis Stevenson and Fanny Vondegrift Stevenson. Read by Don W. Jenkins. Rancho San Diego, California. Shaggybark.blogspot.com